everyone, Alice here. I wanted to pop in before this week's episode of Pod Parks with some exciting news. We are just two months away from this year's Global World Urban Parks Congress, which will take place this October 22nd to October 25th in Adelaide, Australia. The Congress theme, Sustainable Places, Spaces, People and Habitats, will explore how we can make cities more active, cooler, greener, wilder, and inclusive. Don't miss this exciting opportunity to be a part of a global conversation about creating sustainable communities. Visit worldurbanparkscongress.com slash 2023 to find out more and register today. That's worldurbanparkscongress.com slash 2023. See you there! How can we learn from other park professionals while we push to create greener, more habitable cities? Today, we are discussing collaborative park making, park professionalization, and certificates with Mayu Ferrufino, director of Cuscatlan Park Foundation from San Salvador, El Salvador. Mayu has had a rich trajectory managing one of the largest parks in El Salvador, and through her park career, she's been working towards creating both better tools for park professionals to learn from each other and to drive cities towards investing in more sustainable and more equitable parks. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did because Mayu is just fantastic. I'm Alice Landon and this is Pod Parks. Pod Parks, the podcast for the park-minded, brought to you by World Urban Parks. Welcome to Pod Parks. With me today is Mayu Ferrufino, director of Cuscatlan Park Foundation from El Salvador. Mayu, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Mayu, you have had a very diverse, rich trajectory, and you're currently a very important figure in the parks and recreation world in Latin America. You lead one of the biggest parks of El Salvador and one of the biggest parks of Latin America. So first, before we start us off, I would love to know more about you. What led you to the field of large urban parks? Well, I think I always loved parks. I remember when I was little, I used to live in a very busy street. So I didn't have the opportunity to go out and just say, I'm going to grab my bike and go to the streets because there were so many cars. And, uh, and like few years from um, that time, they funded this uh, park like a block away from my house. And it changed everything. Like uh, I explored this space with such liberty and uh, the big trees and the big fields were so important to me. And I think I remember that feeling with so much nostalgia. And I think um, this should be available for everyone. So when uh, this opportunity came to work on Cuscatlan Park, I just thought about those feelings back then, and I just wanted to make that happen for a lot of more people. Now, I feel like it has been a common theme throughout the past um, interviews that we have had for people to say exactly that, you know, to heal your inner child, to give children a space to breathe, a space to play. 
Do you think it's also important to give adults a, a space to be kids, to, to play and have that same opportunity? Of course. I mean, it's, it's parks like revitalize your sense of adventure. And I think that's very valuable. And everybody knows that parks give you like this nature fix that we need from living in, you know, hectic cities. So I think this is a big opportunity, not only for children, it's it's necessary for children, but it's necessary for everyone because it's in our inner self, just uh, this need to be in contact with nature and, uh, and just feel that freedom that parks can give you. Mm-hmm. Now, Mayu, you are a very professional park professional in that you have gone through extensive training in the parks field. So I wanted to know more about your experience with advanced park certificates, with parks programs, with education in the parks and recreation field. Can you tell me more about what you have done? And also, what has been the impact of having this continued education and professionalization in the park field in your job? I think the word to answer all of that is confidence, just to gain a little confidence. Um, I think that was that was uh, what I was looking for when I started with the training, because as you know, I, I, I come from a communications background, and, and that was really useful because you have to make the case for parks, and uh, communications are really useful for that, but you have to have some technical um, you know, arguments uh, to do that. So, you know, I was looking for trainings on this and I found some uh, trainings on, in English. And of course I took them, but it's not the same as having the opportunity to take the same trainings in Spanish. So uh, I just, I've been looking for trainings for a long time and I tried to take them all because um, you have to understand that when you're making the case for parks, you need all the ideas, you need like all the experience, because it's not easy, it's not evident for everyone that parks are so important. So for me, um, the training is key to just persuade people uh, that parks are really important uh, and that we must be united and fight for them and uh, be sure that this is a benefit that everyone can have in their cities. Now, something that I think has come up several times when we talk about training is this question of, is the same training that we give a park a park professional in Canada, should it be the same that we give someone in Latin America? Do you argue for generalized training or should we be focusing on more on local experiences and local knowledge? I think, you know, learning from Canada or the United Kingdom or Australia, I think that's, that's always learning. And maybe they're more advanced in the park field and for them there there might be things that are like granted but in latin america it's, it's different and of course you learn a lot of what latin american parks are facing as challenges and you can always 
you know, uh, share your experience with other Latin American fellows and they will find it valuable because they know they're in that same place or they're not far from it. Uh, so I think that makes a difference. Uh, I, I always want to learn from every experience because sometime there will be a time when we will be in the same place that maybe the United States or other countries that have uh, um, addressed the public space issue before us, before Latin America. Perfect. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about Cuscatlan Park. So this park has a very interesting management model in which Fundación del Parque Cuscatlan, which you lead, uh, the foundation, acts as a conservancy for the park. Could you talk about what the administration entails and what are your main challenges as an organization leading a park management? I think the the most like the critical challenge is to maintain a, a relationship with the municipality because as as you might know um cities face so many challenges and uh, of course municipalities are responsible for all those challenges to be addressed and uh, maybe parks don't look like the most important challenge and for me it is like maintaining an open and constant dialogue with the municipality just trying to um you know prioritize the subject of of uh, urban parks and uh, just trying to uh, make understand everyone because a municipality is, is a big thing you know there's so many people working in a municipality so uh, everybody has to to listen and, and learn and uh, that's not always easy there's not always all the time we need there's no always like all all the commitment we need but for me that's the biggest challenge because as you know administrations are really short in my country in El Salvador administrations uh, just endure for three years so every three years I'm sure I have to restart a little bit and a little bit again and uh, we've been working for three um, municipal administrations till now and we've been working really really well but of course, it needs uh, to for you to be interested in maintaining that dialogue and be open and flexible, uh, because we are in different moments sometimes, and we prioritize different things sometimes. But um, and we can, you know, we can have different opinions. But the important thing, the crucial thing, it's to uh, make sure that parks are in the agenda. Uh, so for me, that's that's the challenge. I love what you say, especially when you talk about this temporality, right? It's very different for a foundation that is always going to be there for a, maybe for a company, for a university that that's, has some permanence versus a municipality or a government. So what would your advice be? How can the government with private entities, with NGOs, with the neighborhood, work together to create such iconic large parks such as this one? Because a, a very large project is a, on a whole nother level, right? Mm -hmm. I think the park, like if you go to Cuscatlan Park and you see and you see it in the weekend and you see just how people are happy in it, how, you know, we receive people 
diverse people. I think that's that's a you know a really powerful trigger for you to understand that this is necessary. We we have a park where we had a hundred thousand visit per year, and now um, we're gonna have like half a million visit this year. So of course parks are important. Um, people are demanded this kind of space. And uh, I, I think that this is what have to be proved uh, every day. And it's important just to measure everything and be sure to give this information to decision makers and understand that municipalities are, um, you know, responsible for public spaces. But conservancies or foundations can always help, um, like maybe precisely giving this information, like measuring everything and evaluating everything that we do in public space to make sure to have all all the ideas, all the reasoning behind defending public spaces. You are absolutely correct. And I know that you have been collaborating with World Urban Parks in creating exactly this, right? A certificate for cities to be recognized for their park efforts called Cities for Parks. Why do you think it's important for cities to be recognized for the effort that they put into their parks? And what what do you think the implications are for creating not only a, a city for parks, but a city that is livable, that is sustainable, that is prosperous? Well, as... As you know, cities are growing. I mean, cities are getting more and more populated. And and we have to understand that. It's, it's not something that we can, we cannot go backwards. And we have to be sure that citizens have quality of life, uh, that they are healthy and happy, because that's uh, important to be productive also. So it's, it's not... Um, it's not a romantic thing, you know. Um, maybe it, it, it seems like parks are like a romantic thing, but it's not. It's very practical. We need these spaces because that's the way our body works or mind works. We need that nature, um, like, close to us. And in cities, it gets really, really hard to have those green spaces. And uh, that's why we have to make a substantial effort and a very conscient effort to make sure that these spaces are available. Uh, so for cities like to be um, um, park cities, it's important because you get recognized for that effort. It's not like you're doing something and nobody sees it. You are doing it and you are recognized by it. Um, and I think that's that's, you know, it, it as a human beings, we work in that pattern. We need some positive reinforcement to continue the efforts, and and that recognition it's it's important. I love what you say about how parks sound romantic, but they are an essential need, right? They should be almost budgeted with the public health budget. It it's something that we haven't yet. We're not there yet, but we're starting to realize little by little. So tell me more about Cities for Park. What what are you envisioning with this certificate? Well, what we want is, is not the certificate. 
per se. What we really want is to have a city with more beautiful parks, active parks, uh, safe parks that, that tell us that our city is getting better. Um, because as many Latin American cities, uh, San Salvador faces, you know, public space scarcity, but it's not only scarcity, it's all also quality. We don't have the best quality parks. And people, they might not know, like, all the details uh, of that, but they feel it. They get into a public space, into a park, and they don't... You know they don't feel invited. They don't want to stay, and uh, and and that's because of the quality of public spaces. Public space need to invite every day. Um, it's public. You know, uh, it, it has to be an open invitation to um, spend more time in there. And uh, and of course, for me, it is more about a vision. Um, I live in San Salvador. I, I don't want to go anywhere else. So I want to have a city that can offer me these good parks. Um, because I'm, as a Salvadoran, I deserve the same thing that can have a Canadian uh, or an Australian. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm a human being and I need my city to be livable and healthier. Yeah. Do you think this type of certification or this standard can help exactly as you say, not only have a little bit of healthy competition, but also promote and give some confidence to those emerging regions that so desperately need parks and that need a little bit of um, guidance as to how to get there, how to become a park? Yeah, park I think the, the certification is just like a compass. Uh, it gives you like a path to follow uh, to get better and better. It, it, it doesn't give you like everything. Uh, you have to also be creative and know how to reach the final goal, which is to have a healthier city and, 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 and you know, happy citizens living in it. So I, I think the certification is, is just like, um, like a bridge. Uh, to reach the other end of a healthier city. I love that metaphor. And I think it's very interesting comparing with the conversations we have had with certifications for parks, where park managers say, well, as you say, it is a compass. It helps me, not only it tells me you're doing a good job, keep, keep doing it, but it helps you know where you can improve, right? What you can do better and share those experiences with other parks as well, kind of like the work that the World Urban Parks does. Exactly. Perfect. So before we finish, I want to know a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a trick question because I know there's no one answer, but I want to know from your professional and personal experience, what do you think is the biggest benefit a park can provide for the people on the planet? Oh my God, so many things. Uh, <laughs> but I think the the biggest, yeah, I think the the greatest benefit is that there's a place where everyone is equal. Like you go to a park and you don't know what's their background, you know, the public, 
it's the the user uh, is going to be there and you don't know their problems you don't know their background but everybody is there and is enjoying themselves in this space uh, that is made uh, for everyone so i think just having um, a place where you know you have the same rights uh, that everyone else i think that's that's really important because you don't experience it in other places for someone who says parks are not romantic <laughs> you have a very romantic <laughs> vision of parks <laughs> it, yeah it might but <laughs> but but yeah i think it's it's you know the word for me it's pure like when you think about parks and you make all the reasoning of of it uh, at the end you find that um, the spaces find the best of people like you experience parenthood in a park in a different way than in other spaces and learning is different in a park that school maybe uh, and for me it's like a, a, a pure experience of being a human being in a green space uh, where you can experience also freedom and you just be, you can be, you can explore and be curious. Well, that is the end of our questions. But before we leave, I wanted to know where can people find more of the work you do, more of the work your organization does, and where can people reach out? Yes, you can always visit our Facebook page and you can find us there as Parque Cuscatlan. Or we'll have also um, a Twitter account and a profile on, on Instagram, and you can always reach to us as Parque Cuscatlan. Perfect. Can we find you somewhere? Or are you a, a very private person? Oh, no, I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find me in Instagram, in Twitter, in Facebook, and in LinkedIn. Okay, perfect. Well, Mayu, thank you so much for being here with us. That has been Pod Parks for today. We will see you again soon. This is the end of today's episode, but we will definitely keep you posted on the Cities for Parks initiatives and other projects Mayu is working on. And if you'd like to reach out and connect with her or other park professionals, or maybe expand your knowledge network, discover opportunities for continuous learning in the parks world, visit worldurbanparks.org. As always, a reminder to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. It will help us reach a lot more park professionals or park enthusiasts like yourself. Now, if your city wanted to become a city for parks, what changes would be needed to make it happen? Pod Parks is written and hosted by Alice Landon, produced by Vittoria Martin and Luis Romano, sound engineering by Vladimir Yandis. Don't forget to visit worldurbanparks.org and explore the resources our community has for you. Get out, explore, connect.